Y'all alive? Yes. Living and breathing. You look good. You really do. Y'all look good this morning. Wish you could see what I see. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 is where we're going to spend our time. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 continuing our series through the Ten Commandments. Hear now the words of the Lord. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is God's word. Amen? Amen. So I'm in the seventh grade in St. Louis. And this was an event-filled year for me. But it was the year I started playing organized basketball. So, seventh grader, first time I've ever, you know, I'm in the backyard on dirt and gravel all of the years up to, up to this point, and I actually get to play organized basketball. So there's about 15 of us that actually made the team, and uh, because our school was 7th through 12th grade, and we only had one gym, the 7th graders had to practice early in the morning, 6 a.m. practices every day, instead of after school like usual. So we're there at 6 a.m. for the very first practice, and the coach gathers us all up in the middle of the gym, and he realizes, as we're all making these introductions, that he's got two Chris's on the team. So he comes up with this solution. He says to me, hey, who's your favorite basketball player? And it's the 90s, so who did I say? Michael Jordan, of course. I said, Michael Jordan. He was like, well, well, how about we call you Michael instead of Chris? Well, that, that's it. We're, we're going to call you Michael. So, you know, as a seventh grader, I'm like, uh, okay. Um, he's, he's my authority figure. He's authority over me. So I'm like, uh, 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 okay. Uh, okay. Um, so then, you know, practice goes and we're for the next couple of weeks, and then we have a game. So here we are at a game, and my mom walks into the game. And this guy is yelling plays out to Michael. And I can only imagine what's going through my mom's head. Here he is calling me Michael the entire game. He changed my name. My mother was pissed. And that's to say the least. Um, why? Because she didn't give me that name. That's, that's not the name that she gave her son. And nobody has the authority to change my name. Except for her. Because she gave me that name. And I know she gave that coach an ear feel that day. I tell you. But nobody has the right to change my name. When we come to this text in Exodus chapter 20, the third commandment is just that. God has given himself a name and nobody else has the right to change or to defame his name. His name is high and lifted up. Nobody else can change his name. 
In fact, the Psalms make a serious case for the weight of the name of the Lord. Let me give you this. Psalm chapter 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Psalm chapter 20, verse 1. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 96, verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of the salvation from day to day. Psalm 96, verse 8. Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Do you see this? There is protection in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord can be trusted. God's name is to be blessed and there is glory that is due to His name. Nobody can change His name. His name is high and lifted up. I want us to see three main ideas this morning. We'll see that God's name points to God's character. Secondly, we'll see that the key to valuing the name of God is reverence. And lastly, we'll see that each of us have to answer to the name of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for how you have filled this place with corporate prayer. Thank you for how you have filled this place with corporate worship. Now, God, we beg you to fill this place with the divine preaching of your word. God, would you speak to our hearts? Would you draw us through the preaching of your word closer to you? I pray, Father, that for somebody, maybe for the first time, the lights would come on, oh God. Would you save? Would you deliver? Would you set free? Would you do what only you can do? Move me aside, oh God. Would you have your way in this place this morning? And Lord, we'll be faithful to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. The last few weeks, we began a journey through the Ten Commandments. And we need to be reminded that the Ten Commandments, are they're not to be viewed as a dark cloud over our heads. They're not to be viewed as some burdensome weight upon our shoulders. Rather, the Ten Commandments, they are to be viewed as a passage to Jesus. Because it's a weight that we cannot accomplish on our own. And so we need Jesus to satisfy this law that we can't accomplish on our own. We need Him. We said that each of the Ten Commandments can be summed up this way. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We've said that it's not our obedience to the Ten Commandments that merit our acceptance by God, but it is our love for Jesus that compels us to obey. Once we've trusted in God through Jesus, our hearts will want the Ten Commandments. Obedience, get this, and this is a message in Memphis, Tennessee. Obedience to the Ten Commandments will not gain you acceptance to the Father. Doing the right things, the right steps, will not gain you acceptance to the Father. A deep, abiding love for Jesus 
is what gains our acceptance to the Father and it causes us to want to obey the Ten Commandments. We've talked about idols. We've said that we all have them. And we've talked about uh, that many times. More than we have an idol problem, you and I have a worship problem. Yet we saw that God is, He is ready. And He is more than willing to freely give mercy to idolaters like you and I. In the third commandment, it's necessary for us to see that God's name points to God's character. God's name is God's essence. We couldn't possibly understand God without understanding His character. Verse 7, let's read it again. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. We see God's covenant name, the Lord, the Lord, which means Yahweh. See, to acknowledge God's name is to acknowledge God's power and his holiness. There is no acknowledging God's power and God's holiness without acknowledging the name of God. See, God has a different kind of love because of His name. God has a different kind of mercy because of His name. God has a different kind of compassion because of His name. Because of God's name, He has a different kind of grace. It is God's name that reveals to us His character. You may have heard the name uh, Ruby Bridges, and I was... Reading the story of Ruby Bridges, um, she was a little girl, six years old, in 1960 in New Orleans. She was the first African-American little girl to integrate uh, the public schools in New Orleans. And if you have ever seen or read about the story of Ruby Bridges, you will know that she was literally escorted from her home into a public school by U.S. Marshals. And they would escort her back home the next day for a year. Imagine that at six years old. And as she's walking into her school, she's got grown folk on either side spewing hate at her at six years old. I recall one of the testimonies of one of the U.S. Marshals. He said, we were so proud of her. She never whined. She never whimpered. She never complained. We were all so proud of her. See, you can make this connection between Ruby Bridges, her name, and what this U.S. Marshal said about her character. And that's what we see here. God is making the connection with His name and His character. Secondly, the key to valuing the name of God is reverence. The idea behind in vain, in vain, we see that two times in this one verse. The idea is the idea of futility, worthlessness, and emptiness. Let me rattle off a few passages that will help guide us in thinking about God's name and reverence. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs to it and is safe. Psalm 148, 13. 
Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above heaven and earth. Psalm 124, 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Psalm 145, 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Do you see this? We fear Him. We reverence Him. We hold His name in high esteem because His name is safety. Do you need to find safety? You can find it in the name of the Lord. His name alone is exalted and is due praise. Nobody else's name can get that. His name is help. His name is not to be taken lightly. There is power in His name. When you and I view the weight of the name of God, we... We ought to be humbled under the reality of His name. Um, I remember one time I was riding with John Beaumont, actually, in West Memphis, Arkansas. The great place of West Memphis, Arkansas. And uh, we're riding in the car, and here we are, uh, there's fields on both sides of us, and all of a sudden... We pull over to the side of the road. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, here I am, a black man in West Memphis, Arkansas. We don't need to just be making abrupt stops like that. No, I'm joking. Kind of. So we pull over to the side of the road. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what, what are we doing? And he said, oh, there's a funeral. There's a funeral procession on the opposite side of the road, not even going in the same direction as us, and we pull over to the side of the road. And I, I'm, I'm like, man, why, why are we pulling over? The funeral's on the other side. Well, man, that's just kind of how we do it in this town, out of respect for the dead. Here we are on a different side of the road, pulling over out of respect for the dead. And when you come to this passage, to this one simple weighty verse, you got to know that the reason we reverence a holy and a mighty God is that somebody died. We reverence Him because Jesus came as a perfect man. As a lamb to be slain. And he gave his life. And we reverence his name. We lift him up. We esteem him. We give glory and we praise his holy name. Yes. That's so easy to say, right? But many times we do the exact opposite. Award shows are the worst. You know, especially music award shows. Uh, you, you, get, you get this artist and we know their music. We, we've heard their music. You can research it on YouTube and they walk up to the podium. We know what their lyrics display. And the first thing out of their mouth is, I just want to thank God. You want to thank God. You weren't thinking about thanking God when you were dropping all these different bombs in that music. I mean, we're, we're terrible at it. We, 
I just want to thank God. God is not to be thanked for that mess. We're terrible at it. We're working out in the yard or in the house or maybe we're doing a, a project and we hit our thumb with the hammer. Jesus Christ. Or even a simple, you know, you know, I, I'm taking it too far, but OMG for everything. OMG. Oh my God. God's name is not to be mocked. His name is to be praised. And I, I, I hear this all the time. I swear to God. I swear to God, as God is my witness. You, it's so crazy to me. Um, I watch a lot of crime shows, and I like the real crime shows. Uh, these hardened criminals are in the interrogation room, and here they are suspected of murdering somebody or something like that, and they begin to invoke deity. And one of my majors in college was criminal justice. And they taught us that in interrogation, when the suspect begins to invoke deity, they're lying. These guys, I swear to God, I wasn't there. Using God's name in vain. We do it all the time. God's name is high. God's name is lifted up. God's name is to be praised. God's name is to be blessed. God's name is protection for us. God's name is safety for us. And God's name is to be reverenced. What does reverencing the name of God look like for us? It looks like trust. Reverencing God's name looks like Submission. It looks like yielding to God's will over your own. When you really reverence the will of God, you are willing to submit to Him. The S word, I said it. You're willing to submit to Him. You're willing to trust Him even in unforeseen circumstances. When you reverence the name of God, you trust Him. You believe Him, even in the unseen. Lastly, each of us have to answer to the name of God. In so many words, God says in the third commandment, I will hold those that disregard my name, I will hold them accountable. He says, they will be held accountable. And I want to be very clear this morning. It's so easy for us to to talk about the love of God. It's so easy for us to talk about the grace of God. That's the Skittles of the Bible. It's so easy for us. But we don't want to talk about the Brussels sprouts of the Bible. Yeah? Are you all with me? God says, if you... Don't handle my name with care. You will be held accountable. Whew. 
I was hit with a ton of bricks here this week as I'm studying this and mulling over this. I mean, just this week, I'm studying this passage and I get a text message that I didn't expect and the first thing out of my mouth was, God! And I'm reminded through this commandment that God's name is to be lifted up. God's name is to be in the lights. His name is to be famous because it is safety and protection for us. His name is to be reverenced. And each of us will have to come face to face with the reality that we will have to answer to how we handled or mishandled the name of God. I was down um, in 201 Poplar supporting a friend um, last week. And I'm sitting in a courtroom for a few hours actually. And even before I got into the courtroom, I remember, if you've ever been in 201, I remember walking down those stairs into the basement where many of the courtrooms are. Literally looking upon hundreds of people. And obviously people are there for different reasons, traffic tickets in criminal court, all of these different things. But I'm walking down these steps looking upon hundreds of people. Then I walk into the courtroom and I take my seat and I'm just observing for several hours. And I, and I, and I notice how this judge is sitting on his temporary throne and he is holding folk accountable for their actions. He's holding them accountable. And I'm thinking to myself, there's people leaving out of the courtroom frustrated and upset. And I don't want to be insensitive, but if you do the crime, you got to be willing to do the time. If you do the crime, you got to be willing to do the time. But what I learned from this judge is he will hold each of these people. And that judge saw 192 cases in one day. In the one courtroom, he was holding people accountable. And if we view that through this lens, you and I have to understand that God will hold us accountable. And each of us, whether you are a believer or you are not a believer, whether you shun Christianity, I need you to know that you will be held accountable for how you handle or mishandle the name of God. Blows me away that we don't think about how God will hold us accountable. And that's what each of us have to come face to face with here with the third commandment. You might say, you know what, I, this is a heavy weight. I've, I've missed the mark. What is the solution? What, what is the answer? I mess up all the time and I, I would love to share with you the answer. His name is Jesus. Philippians. 2, 5 through 11 helps us with this. It says this. 
had this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of a man, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, hear this, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm here to tell you this morning that God has provided an answer and His name is Jesus. And His name is above every name. His name is higher than every name. And God has given that name to His Son, Jesus. Why? Because Jesus stood in your and my place and He took the penalty of your sin and my sin, your guilt and my guilt, your shame and my shame. And He says yes to death on Calvary's cross when He could have said no. He said yes to it. He was obedient to death and he gave his very life. He was put in a tomb and he rose again on the third day so that you and I can have an opportunity to get to the Father even though we mishandle the name of God. That's love. That's grace. That's mercy. God says... There should be no other gods before me. Commandment two. There should be no carved images. Don't you dare bow down to another thing. Commandment three. Here we are. Each of these commandments, they have an opposite side of them. Each of them have an opposite Meaning to them. So here in verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold himself guiltless who takes his name in vain. And what God wants to communicate to each of us is my name should be treasured. My name should be trusted in. My name should be submitted to. My name should be high. And lift it up. How have you handled the name of God? How have you handled His name? Each of us will have to come face to face and be held accountable. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have not left us to our own devices. But Lord, we thank you that there is a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. Help us, God, to embrace those realities. And Father, I pray that we would handle your name with care. 
that we would trust you, that we would submit to you, that we would yield to your will over our own. Father, we understand that these commandments are more than we can bear on our own. So thank you for sending Jesus for us. Thank you for sending Jesus who met the law on our behalf. Thank you for sending Jesus in grace and in truth that we may believe Him, that we may trust Him. Lord, even though we don't meet the standard of these Ten Commandments all the time. So help us, O God, to believe. Even in our unbelief, help us to believe, God. Help us to persevere. Help us to wrestle with our faith. Help us to wrestle with what we believe about the name of God. And I pray, Father, that we would experience much fruit from His name. That it would be safety, security. That it would be that strong tower that you've showed us in the Psalms. Lord, we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.